Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Health and Wellbeing podcast, a companion to the new Primary Care Excellence Project. We've created this series for all primary care staff in Greater Manchester. We know that you're under an enormous amount of pressure on a daily basis, and we hope this podcast gives you some tools to help you. I'm Lynn Marsland, and I'm supporting the Greater Manchester GP Provider Board as an HR and workforce professional. Today, you'll hear about an amazing scheme created in the aftermath of a tragedy. The Greater Manchester Resilience Hub was set up following the devastating terror attack at the Manchester Arena in 2017. It has continued to help those impacted by the pandemic four years later. Dr Ruth Watson is with us today. Ruth is a consultant clinical psychologist and she is involved in the Greater Manchester Resilience Hub. Ruth. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I mentioned in the introduction that the hub was born out of tragedy. Can you explain a bit more about the background and what it does? So the hub was created at speed, really, following the arena attack in 2017. Um, It was a coordinated response from the four main mental health trusts across Greater Manchester who all contributed clinical time to the creation of the hub. And we set up a an individual outreach and screening programme for all those people who had attended the concert and that meant we could quite quickly send out screening emails to try and reach everybody. And following that time, we've continued to support um, individuals who attended the concerts, but also their their family who might have been affected as well. And we've built on quite a lot of learning from our arena work. We did a variety of really different, innovative thinking at the time. We offered family workshops. We did a lot of liaison and referral with other agencies. And this learning has really informed the the development of our staff wellbeing work following the pandemic. So the lessons we took from that have been incredibly helpful. Um, We learned particularly that professionals seek help much later than the public. And we also learned that the, the psychological impact of that type of experience was much bigger than the physical impact. So that was really, really helpful. One of the big differences in our work following the pandemic is that we didn't necessarily have people's contact details, whereas following the arena we, we did, so we knew our target groups, whereas the staff wellbeing work is much bigger. We're trying to reach different groups of healthcare staff and we have to negotiate quite a few different systems to do that. We know that from our arena work, outreach is really important and valued, but we also need to be quite flexible and innovative in, in trying to reach people as well. So the arena work was how we were born um, and it meant we were very well established to then jump straight into doing staff wellbeing work during the pandemic. And because we had this learning already present and we, we were then able to, to set up very quickly for the, for the COVID wellbeing work, other hubs now have been modelled on our blueprint. So they've taken a lot of learning from us. So the hub has evolved from its original start. So what does it do now? While we continue to do the arena work, which involves supporting those people who are open to us as a result of the arena attack, we've also developed our trauma specialism. So we have a complex safeguarding project called Trusted Relationships, where we have clinicians who are based within complex safeguarding teams across the Greater Manchester area. We do specific advice and consultation to other cities and countries who might have experienced a terror attack or a critical incident. And those relationships we nurtured 
as a result of the arena work have really meant that we are contacted by many agencies across Greater Manchester to give advice and support when they're going through a a traumatic or difficult time. Since we've been developing the staff wellbeing arm of our work, we've offered very spokes to that work. So we do individual outreach and screening for all healthcare staff and their families across Greater Manchester. So people can screen in either following a link to our website and they fill in a few measures that way, or they can call us on the telephone number, which will which will be linked at the end of this. So pe- once people have, have contacted us as an individual, we will then make contact with them. We know that people tend to under-report, so we felt that making that that call is really important and then during that initial call we will discuss with the person what support they might need and that might just be a couple of calls with us or it might be more longer term involvement. The other parts of our our offer include consultation to managers and leaders and it's really important for us to contain the containers so we know that managers and leaders have a lot of responsibility and are are often keeping teams working really well in very difficult circumstances so if we can support them in thinking about how they support their teams that can be really helpful work to to do and we do that in various ways we do that either in, in direct consultation to them but we also offer group support called facilitated peer support where groups of professionals might come together and have a space monthly to think with us about common themes or challenges they're facing and we've had really good feedback about that and we also offer workshops to to teams so we're doing more of those on a face-to-face basis now because people we're finding people want to be in a room together and that space to connect in person has been really powerful teams have given us really good feedback about the opportunity to think about what they've been through what challenges they're facing now how they might have changed and, and what they might need going forward so that's a bit of our, our offer in a nutshell. But we're also able to create resources as well. So we've got a number of guides. For example, there's a guide to check in and check out process for teams. We've got a, a booklet about managing difficult times. We've got various resources on our website and we're very willing to create something bespoke for teams if they, if they want to make contact with us and request something. What I'm hearing, Ruth, is that even if you work in a GP practice or community dentistry, this Resilience Hub is available to to you, to all of our frontline primary care staff. Absolutely, yes. It's definitely available to all those staff, but but also those staff who might be have more of an admin role or those who have a domestic role, we're available to staff at all levels. So we don't want people to feel that I wasn't working on the front line during COVID, so I'm not able to access the service. It's for absolutely everybody. What are you learning about when people are contacting you? Well, we've noticed that the people who come through to us, quite a high number of them, so about 70% are scoring within clinical ranges for anxiety and low mood. So we know that when people do get to us, they, they are in need of support and intervention. And the main themes that we pick up during our contact with them are anxiety and worry, trauma and work stress. So people are coming through with those themes most frequently. However, there are also numbers of people who report financial difficulty, personal bereavement and changes in their relationships as well. So the people are coming through reporting those themes quite frequently. So we know we know that people are out there working in these circumstances, experiencing this distress and probably not reaching out, which is why we're really keen to get the message out there. Over half the people who we've got open to us are from um, healthcare settings. So we, we are available to social care staff as well, but we, we find most people who are contacting us are from healthcare settings. 
So we know that, that um, from what we're hearing from staff that they're not yet in a recovery phase. They're still very tired and burnt out. They might be quite irritable and struggling to function. So we're certainly not expecting staff to be out of the woods yet in terms of the situations they're facing, uh, which is, again, why it's really important for us to do more proactive outreach and clear comms because staff haven't got the time and the energy to be digging around for what they might need. And it's great to come on this podcast and hopefully share that message in a different way. And we also know there are still a lot of barriers to accepting help. So we know that people might not have time in their working hours to be seeking support. So we try and be as flexible as possible in terms of email and phone contact outside usual working hours. So we can try and meet the need of people who might not be able to contact us in in standard nine to five hours. And all that joint work with other wellbeing providers is, again, really important because if, if other providers, for example, in the voluntary sector might have other, other avenues to reach certain staff groups, then we're, we're keen to link up with them and, and take a whole system approach. So tell us a bit about some of the successes that you've had. Well, I think a lot of the successes have come from those relationships. So where people know about us, they have used us either to direct individual staff members that they know is, know is struggling but they've also used us to build on those team dynamics and, and relationships. So we've often delivered a number of really successful workshops within team settings that have helped teams reconnect with one another. Uh, we know that it's been such a, a difficult time for people working working during the pandemic and beyond that, that the opportunity to come back and um, be validated and be listened to and, and have the space to reflect on what they've experienced and what they're feeling now has been really well received. So we know that those successes have been reflected in then further referrals and further involvement with certain teams. We know that the individual work we've we've done with people has had really good feedback. So people have been either able to access the support they need or their distress levels have, have reduced since they've come to us. I think we also feel that we've become more established as a provider of more expert trauma advice now as well. People come straight to us to ask for our input and our involvement with consultation around difficult situations. We know there have been some really difficult situations within primary care settings in Greater Manchester area recently and um, our teams have been privileged to, to support those healthcare workers who were involved in that. What have you learnt from running the hub so far? So we've learned that Healthcare professionals are usually the last to step forward. They tend to underreport what they, their distress levels and what they might need. And quite quickly, we realised that we couldn't rely on that screening data because those people who were filling in the measures tended to underreport their levels of, of anxiety or low mood. So it was only when we we spoke to these people over the telephone that we realised the, the the real levels of distress they were experiencing. So we we know that we perhaps need to work harder to share our message with those who need it and we need to work harder to persuade them that they deserve this support and this in input and also I think a bit more convincing that the, the support can be helpful to them and that, that they're not on their own in, in working through this situation. And hopefully this podcast will be a, another means of um, getting that information out to people so that they can access this very valuable support. Definitely. And we also, we're also aware that for the last 18 months that people have been bombarded with a variety of information about wellbeing support and services. And it can be really difficult for people to sift through that and think what might be useful to them. So we, we are there to support them in that process. We're not here to duplicate any other offers or override any other, other offers that could be really helpful to people. We want to help them to just think about what they need in that moment and, and steer them towards that or offer it ourselves if that's appropriate. And I think based on what you're saying there, it's it's almost giving people permission to access this, to recognise that, that they have the the right to get some help. 
Definitely, definitely. We we are incredibly privileged to be supporting our healthcare workforce across Greater Manchester and we want to give them any support that they might need in, in continuing to work. So we absolutely want to give the messages that uh, it's okay to to feel whatever you're feeling. There's no, I mean, there's still some some level of stigma, isn't there, about stepping forward yes. and saying you need you need help. But we also don't want people to necessarily feel that they've got to be in distress to contact us. They can contact us at any stage if they just want a bit of a space to talk. And we would absolutely encourage people to make contact at an early stage when they start to struggle. We don't want people to feel that they've got to be in crisis when they they contact us. They, they can contact us when they're in crisis, but we, we can be perhaps more helpful at an earlier stage. I think that's a that's a really valid point and and the other point that you've just made there about what stresses me might not stress you um and and recognizing that that just because I'm I'm feeling a bit different to the way that I usually feel having a chat with somebody in the hub might just be exactly what I need to point me in the right direction. Definitely. And I think people have reported that they find that really, really useful, being able to speak to somebody external. I think in a workspace, people are often reluctant to burden colleagues or to feel that they can't talk about how they're feeling if they're perceiving that their colleagues are performing really well and not experiencing any distress or um, difficulties. So I think just, yeah, having that conversation um, and thinking through where they're at, what they might need. We know that a lot of healthcare staff are still in the midst of that threatening phase of work, the situation may have changed a little bit, but the threat levels necessarily haven't because we know the, the work levels are incredibly high, staffing levels are quite low. So people in working in incredibly difficult situations. And I think the whole expectations of the population in general have changed yes. and are continuing to change. Yes, yes, definitely. What are the future plans for the project, Ruth? Well, we want to continue sharing our message really and because we know that we've we've got quite an increasing number of people who are accessing the hub which is great so we've got currently supporting over 750 individuals actively which is great but we know we're also not reaching certain groups of staff who might need us um, so we're working really hard to build on that we're doing more face-to-face workshops in uh, primary care settings which have been really helpful because I think when people see a face and they see that we're we're here to support them and we're here for hopefully a while longer. It's not just around a COVID work. This is around the longer staff wellbeing interventions we need to offer. So the face-to-face workshops have been really helpful, but we want to continue building on, on other communication channels to share our message. We're thinking specifically about certain groups who we, we we know might be less likely to access our offer. So BAME groups and men particularly, we might need, we might need to work harder on sharing our message with those groups and thinking about the content of our workshops and the team interventions as well so we we do a lot of consultation to team managers and leaders that informs our workshops but we know the content of the workshops is needing to shift a little bit as people are coming together again as teams as they might be feeling that well we don't necessarily want to talk about the COVID experiences as much now it might have shifted more to how we're functioning with a depleted staff workforce how we're feeling about public facing roles if the public are perhaps a bit more frustrated and blaming of us so the content is shifting and we're very we're very flexible we will we will create workshops and resources according to what the team needs so we'd always say if you if you've got a content or an idea about what you need from us please engage engage with us in that conversation and we can create something bespoke for you and i just wanted to leave a final message for anybody who might be listening to the the podcast today in that we're really keen for you to look after yourself so that you can continue to care for the people you look after. 
Ruth, I think this has been a really useful um, discussion and I think for people out there on the front line knowing that there is this level of support and it's it's only growing, it's mm. developing, um, I think this has been a, an invaluable discussion and I'm looking forward to being able to release this podcast and uh, enable people to access this. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much to Ruth Watson from the Greater Manchester Resilience Hub. If you would like to find out more about the Hub, head to our episode page where we've shared a link. You can also find out more about the Primary Care Excellence Project. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, there's an email address there too. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to this series via your favourite podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. And remember to tell your colleagues so they don't miss it either. This is a Fresh Air production. Look forward to speaking to you soon.